Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to TLS Voices, an occasional series of readings brought to you by the Times Literary Supplement. I'm Catherine Morris. The TLS was first published in 1902, and from the outset, Henry James was a near-constant presence in its pages. The paper came into existence just in time to catch the first publication of The Wings of the Dove. The Better Sort and The Ambassadors appeared the following year, followed by The Golden Bowl, The American Scene and more. A fascination with James is palpable in the reviews of these late works, even if it is couched in the critical language of the time. The Wings of the Dove is an extraordinarily interesting performance. We know nothing of Mr James's to compare with it in fullness of intention and close, rich, elaborate workmanship, but the tragic muse and possibly Roderick Hudson. In neither of these works do we find the same elements of grave and penetrating tenderness. Mr. James's methods of minute, qualifying, cumulative detail have not altered, but he has added to them. There is a new, a humanising note. The TLS's anonymous reviewer also had an astute warning for readers not accustomed to the Henry James style of writing. This is, we repeat, an extraordinarily interesting performance, but it is not an easy book to read. It will not do for short railway journeys or for drowsy hammocks or even to amuse sporting men and the active young person. The dense, fine quality of its pages, and there are 576, will always presuppose a certain effort of attention on the part of the reader, who must indeed be prepared to forego many of his customary titillations and bribes. For Mr James, so to speak, never buttonholes his public. He does not even take it by the arm. There is something of the classic in his sense of aloofness, his detachment from the reader, and the pampered modern reader is apt to call the attitude inhuman. This warning sounds again in the TLS review of The Ambassadors. Mr James demands unswerving and intense attention from his readers. Skip half a page and the next page or two are at once reduced to gibberish. Stop in the middle of a dialogue for a few hours and you risk losing half the salience of the whole. And in 1905, the same thing could be said with a positive inflection of the golden bowl. Patience 
and attention are, of course, necessary. There must be a conscious surrender and a conscious effort. For Mr. James, artist though he is, is not one of the very great who, while they demand that you shall see things only as they see them, make it impossible by their very force that you shall see them otherwise. But at least he is great enough to be worthy of the effort he demands. Although all these reviews were published anonymously, it is now possible to find out who wrote what by looking them up in the TLS archives online. There you can find out that the author of that first TLS review of Henry James was Constance Fletcher, later better known as an educationalist and florist, and that subsequent appreciations were the work of writers such as Walter de la Mer, Virginia Woolf, Edmund Blunden and Percy Lubbock, a distinguished Jamesian and the author of The Craft of Fiction. The Middle Years, James's posthumously published memoir, prompted this shrewd general observation from Woolf. All great writers have, of course, an atmosphere in which they seem most at their ease and at their best. A mood of the great general mind which they interpret and indeed almost discover, so that we come to read them rather for that than for any story or character or scene of separate excellence. For ourselves, Henry James seems most entirely in his element, doing that is to say what everything Favus is doing, when it is a question of recollection. The mellow light which swims over the past, the beauty which suffuses even the commonest little figure of that time, the shadow in which the detail of so many things can be discerned which the glare of day flattens out, the depth, the richness, the calm, the humour of the whole pageant. All this seems to have been his natural atmosphere and his most abiding mood. It is the atmosphere of all those stories in which aged Europe is the background for young America. It is the half-light in which he sees most and sees farthest. A hero-worshipping Walter de la Mer, meanwhile, had this to say of a collection of short stories called The Finer Grain, published in 1910. Henry James's influence is too hypnotic. It is impossible for one of the true faith to express his admiration of that infinitely cautious and gradual turn of the kaleidoscope that without the faintest jar finds us in the space of a few lines gazing at an utterly different, immensely illuminating rearrangement of the psychological interests or of those sentences positively splitting at the seams with significance. Sentences which even at their worst seem like a drawer pulled gradually open till it suddenly spills at our feet countless odds and ends bristling with innuendo. As the mind thinks, so Mr James narrates. A related source of interest is the handful of pieces that the master himself wrote for the TLS, beginning with a long essay about Balzac, published in 1913. This was followed by an even longer essay called The Younger Generation, published over the course of two issues in the spring of 1914, reflecting on the work of H.G. Wells, Compton Mackenzie, D.H. Lawrence and several others. And finally, there was a piece entitled Refugees in Chelsea, about Belgians fleeing the horrors of the First World War, which was among the last James wrote. As Professor Philip Horne shows in the TLS A Hundred Years On, James's last days were marred, or perhaps even brought on, by the strain of showing his support for the British war effort. Although James had long lived in England, he took British citizenship only in 1915, but he was in poor health and was soon to suffer two strokes that effectively ended his writing life. 
Professor Horne poignantly describes, however, how James carried on trying to write, even as his mind wandered and his physical condition deteriorated. He died on February the 28th, 1916, widely mourned, recognised as one of the great artists of the day, as one of the greatest novelists of all. Here's the very end of that last piece, Refugees in Chelsea, written in exactly the tone that Wolfe thought to be Henry James at his best. It was in September, in a tiny Sussex town, which I had not quitted since the outbreak of the war, and where the advent of our first handful of fugitives had just been announced. Our small hilltop city, covering the steep sides of the compact pedestal crowned by its great church, had reserved a refuge at its highest point, and we had waited all day, from occasional train to train, for the moment at which we should attest our hospitality. It came at last, but late in the evening, when a vague outside rumour called me to my doorstep, where the unforgettable impression at once assaulted me. Up the precipitous little streets that led from the station, over the old grass-grown cobbles where vehicles rarely pass, came the panting procession of the homeless and the comforting, the almost clinging entertainers, who seemed to hurry them on, as in a sort of overflow, of expression of the fever of charity. It was swift and eager, in the autumn darkness and under the flare of a single lamp, with no vociferation and, but for a woman's voice, scarce a sound save the shuffle of mounting feet and the thick-drawn breath of emotion. The note I accept, however, was that of a young mother carrying her small child and surrounded by those who bore her on and on, almost lifting her as they went together. The resonance through our immemorial old street of her sobbing and sobbing cry was the voice itself of history. It brought home to me more things than I could then quite take the measure of, and these just because it expressed for her not direct anguish, but the incredibility as who should say, of honest, assured protection. Months have elapsed, and from having been then one of a few hundred, she is now one of scores and scores of thousands. Yet her cry is still in my ears, whether to speak most of what she had lately or of what she actually felt. And it plays, to my own sense, as great fitful, tragic light over the dark exposure of her people. You can read more about Henry James in this week's TLS, which also includes How North Korea is Really Evolving, Retelling the Odyssey in Dance, Marilyn Robinson's Prosaic and Doctrinal Grace, Coming to Terms with Stalin as a Father, The Potter Bernard Leach in Japan, and much more. To find out about the TLS and to read a free selection of pieces from this week's issue, go to our website, the-tls.co.uk. You can read the TLS in full every week in print or via our app, which is available on iTunes and in the Amazon App Store. The TLS. Life in every word.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 